millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome to another episode of the Podcastianos. So great to have you along with us tonight. I'm Jordan Hall and my co-host is the one and only Eric Wayne. How's life up there in the Great White North? It's awesome. Every day is awesome when you're me. <laughs> yeah, I actually am unaware what life is like in the mitten currently, as I am in southwest Florida. Oh. Equal parts to make you, Eric, and the listeners jealous, and also to take in a little spring training, which is which is what life is all about. I, I hate you so much. So, Although, this is cool that we have Podcast Ilianos team coverage. It's like news team coverage. You're going to be down there, well, you are down there now, and in a couple of weeks I'll be down, so... Um, yeah, this is this is exciting. I witness stuff here, friends. From no other podcasts around the world. No, nobody else <laughs> is down there watching these guys. No. Just us. So, Eric, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Jim Harbaugh made an appearance at a Tigers game this week. Say what? For those of you who didn't see because you must live off the grid or, or under a rock or something, Harbaugh coached first base for the Tigers for three innings as they played um, the Pittsburgh Pirates in Bradenton on, was that Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. I was fortunate enough to be in the house, and I have to admit that I um, it, it was pretty life-changing. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Michigan fan, born in Ann Arbor, so I have blue in my veins. Um, but it was, it was pretty awesome seeing the, the ball coach live and in person. Yes, stealing up all those Southern prospects or recruits. They don't call them prospects in football, evidently. They call them recruits. Yeah, that, that's true. It's a way we can distinguish from one sport to the other. It's handy. Yeah. Um, I was actually really impressed. Like, he walked in with the entire team, and he came from, like, beyond the first base, like, the right field line, mate, walked all the way along kind of the infield, um, and then went out to his the Tigers locker room, which is down the left field line. He signed autographs for pretty much everybody that, that wanted one. Um, wow. And, you know, he yelled, go blue to everyone, as you would imagine. So, um, which I, I was a little surprised. I mean, he's such an intense dude. I kind of wasn't sure how he would handle like such intense adoration. But um, and then when he was at when he was coaching first base, he was seriously like a little kid. Like he was loving it. 
did he did he take it very seriously talking to all the guys and stuff or did he clown around and smack guys on the butt and you know make them laugh or kind of a healthy combination of both okay. like you can tell he was you know watching he didn't want to get his guys thrown out but there was right. plenty of, of butt slapping and and chit chatting and, and okay. whatnot and that's the right that's the right approach yeah Smart. I, I would say so he he went out to grab Iglesias doubled I think in the first inning he went out to grab Iglesias's I think a shin pad or maybe yeah gear whatever yeah. and Iglesias kind of like you know forearm bumped him and Harbaugh like you know forearm bumped him back and you could tell that that was like the highlight of his day kind of being part <laughs> of the the baseball thing so that is cool you know I'm not a huge I I when they play each other I typically want state to win but Harbaugh is he's doing his job like it's nobody's business and he's doing it well i can see like uh an outsider absolutely hating him but having him be like mine or well (laughs) not all mine but oh he belongs to you now for the rest of the rest of the michigan fan base like he's your kind of douche so we will definitely take him yeah uh so that brings us to this week's leadoff question who from outside the world of baseball would you add to the tigers coaching staff well, I, I had to think more about the parameters than who I'd want. What are the rules here? Because I, if there was no parameters, I'd want Tom Amansky, <laughs> who was the back-to-back-to-back AAU championship coach. Endorsed by but, the one and only uh, crime dog. The crime McGriff, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you said outside the world of baseball. So I can't take Tom Amansky, unfortunately. So... Um, now, if you could take uh, another coach, maybe I'd take Greg Popovich. Ooh. I like him. He's ornery and uh, doesn't put up with guff, and I find him entertaining. Um, okay, but you're, if you're going to say outside the world of sports, you know, maybe I'd go with uh, Chris Farley as Matt Foley, motiv- motivational speaker. <laughs> but now you're going to say, well, you should probably have somebody who's live. Uh, rest in peace, Chris. Uh, so I would go with a real motivational speaker. Athletes love, they love motivational, I have to call it BS, right? <laughs> they love like inspirational little quotes and stuff like that. So I'm going to go with Tony Robbins. Oh. I want Tony Robbins. Do you know who Tony Robbins is? I actually do not. Should he is I? like, well, sure. Yeah, I think you you should. Uh, so he's like the world's motivational speaker, author guy goes around. He's got like this big square chin and he talks really deeply and boldly about motivational speakers. And uh, is that the dude with the ponytail that does the workout videos? <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. I know who you're talking about, <laughs> but that's not him. This is a different dude in the. um in the Killing Ben Laden movie, what was that? Oh, shoot, what was that name of that movie? Anyway, they go kill Bin Laden. The, one of the Spoiler jokes. Alert. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, they get Bin Laden at the end of uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, there you go. That's the name of the movie. One of the jokes is, like, Chris Pratt, I think, is the actor. And he's like, yeah, I'm listening to Tony Robbins on the way to go kill Bin Laden. Which, I, So that's who I want. I want somebody who can inspire men to kill Bin Laden and also beat the Royals. Wow. That's who I want. Absolutely. I, I took a slightly different direction. Um, I went with George Costanza. Um, okay. So he has previous experience in baseball, obviously. He was the traveling secretary to the New York Yankees. Um, he pays attention to details right down to even, say, the jersey fabric. 
Mm. Um, he's cost conscious. Everything with him would run on the absolute cheap. And uh, he'd be a tremendous ego boost to the players. The fact that he's a fictional character doesn't bother you, really? <laughs> Not in the least. Oh, in my mind, the, the Seinfeld world actually does exist. Right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So for the second straight week, we have some big news regarding the show. Last week, it was that uh, we were on iTunes. And now that, it, uh, now that we're on iTunes, we are conquering the charts. Um, due to all of your downloading, subscribing, and leaving us kind words, we have made it to the, and I'm air quoting now, new and noteworthy chart on iTunes. We are currently number 15 in the nation, <laughs> but we need help uh, to push us up further on the chart, and you can help us out by downloading each of the episodes on iTunes, subscribing, and leaving us a nice rating and review. Um, the more we get, the higher we'll go. And JJ Reddick's podcast currently holds the number one spot, so if you don't like JJ... Um, be sure to help us out. I know there's plenty out there that don't, specifically amongst you Spartan fans. And here's how it's done. In iTunes, search for Podcastianos. In your search results, you'll see our little orange logo. Click on that. Um, from there, you will see three tabs. The middle one says Reviews. Click on that. And at the bottom, it will say Write a Review. So click there. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find us at Podcastianos.com or on the Twitter I am at Jordan Hall 23. Uh, he is at Comeric Eric. And we collectively are at Podcastianos. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. All right. So for the. Wow, per- that was a lot. That, that was, was a lot of business. A lot of words. Um, but yeah, no. it's, it's good because we can now get into some real life baseball mm. um, for the first time in this show's history, actually. Feels good. Feels real good. Yes. Um, so let's oh, go ahead. Let's. <laughs> I say go ahead, and then I start talking. Let's start with the good. Victor Martinez. He appears to be back. Two for three with a homer on Tuesday against the Pirates. Two for three with a homer today against the Braves. Today being Thursday. Nice to see him driving the ball again. Yes. This would support the theory that Victor did not become a bad hitter last year. He simply was hurt. And I'm a subscriber to this particular theory. Uh, Victor Martinez is a good hitter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it's two it's two games against spring training. We're not going to go crazy. But I'm going to claim that Victor Martinez is a good hitter. That, that seems fair. I feel like you'd have a hard time finding somebody to argue that. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you could if you put his year last year in isolation and you look at the numbers, you'd say, oh, this person is old, busted, done, and can't hit anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to argue that and say, and in fact, I saw a quote. Uh, I don't know which one of the guys had it, so I apologize to all the B guys or whoever had it. But it, he's like, uh, Victor had said something like, the entire last season last year was rehab. Wow, that's and, actually a really good way of looking at it. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was hurt. Yeah, he seems seems to be better now. Um, I'm starting to pick up on that Victor for MVP vibe. Should we start it already? Uh, no, no, let's not, <laughs> let's not go crazy. He's another year older and certainly not MVP because he does not play defense, which is people look at. That's true. I mean, but he, finished, he finished second two years ago, not having played any defense. Just not saying, just saying. Oh, well, uh, maybe I, I, I would be stunned if he replicated what he did two years ago maybe 
maybe. Uh, but uh, anything approaching that is just a blessing from above, right? I mean, you can't you can't bank on that. No, not. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I feel like people have started to forget that Miguel Cabrera is one of, if not the greatest hitter on the planet. And getting a proper victor back, I think, is going to remind people pretty quickly just how great he is. So right. it's like a double, double blessing. Yep. I mean, the thing with Victor is not is not can he hit or does he have ability? He does. He's got it in loads. It's can his body hold up and can he make it through the season? Yeah. I mean, if he gets stronger as the season goes on and his body heals and recovers, uh, he may uh, he may be an absolute force. But if he gets dinged and his body starts breaking down, I mean, I, I, I tweeted out today and I had a few questions about it, but I said this season hinges on two players, Victor Martinez and Anibal Sanchez. Yep, couldn't agree more. I, I think it's those two guys. If they make it through the season and are healthy and perform at even their average type levels of what they can be, we're going to have a great season. If those two guys break down and can't and do not show up or can't play, they're not easily replaceable. Oh, definitely. So I, I think those two guys are key. And I think that uh, Brad's going to give uh, Victor a lot more days off kind of than you would a typical DH. And I think that our natural reaction as a fan base is to get on him. Oh, he's a DH. He doesn't need d days off. Well, he's aging, and I think we're going to need to let him have a few days here and there. Um, yeah. yeah, so. Like days before a scheduled off day, something like that where he gets two consecutive days. Yeah. Things like, the, the little tricks like that, I think, could extend him a little bit. Which is exactly what we need, especially yeah. considering there has been some bad news, a little bit of bad news out of, out of Tiger's camp, and that is Cameron Mabin has a non-displaced fracture of his left wrist after being hit by a pitch on a Wednesday. Um, it'll be immobilized for two weeks, and he's expected to be out for four to six. Um, you pretty much have three choices. Well, I guess you have four um, as to who fills his spot on the 25-man to start. You have Winton Bernard, whom i making the heart gesture with my hands, uh, Stephen, oh, Stephen Moya, and Tyler Collins. Um, take your pick. Uh, well, you got it's got to be Bernard, right? Because he's got to play some so. center field. Yeah. Which is a tough pill to swallow because Winton hasn't played above double A. I like when I've, I mean, he all, we, I actually had this in the running order later, but all he does is get on base. I, I do like when I kind of, I'm not 100% sure he'll succeed, but I definitely want to, I want to see it. I want to see what it looks like. Well, Winton is older. I mean, he's, he's 23. Um, and he, no, he's older than that. I have it written down. Let me, let me scroll. Where is it? At? He was born in 25. He was, He's twenty. He was born September 24, 1980. Right. So he's older. He doesn't. He seems more prospecty because we haven't seen him and he hasn't played above Double A. But he's older. He spent some time in the Padres system. Now he's he's absolutely crushed the two levels of minor league ball where he's played. Two years ago, he played in West Michigan. I got to see him. Or we saw him a lot, and he crushed. Absolutely dominated. Now he's older than these kids, right? Now last year that he was in Erie for much of the year and he set Erie's all-time hits record I believe it was crushed right yeah so now we're talking about something these Erie I mean we're double a these are real prospects he's essentially the same age as ghosts um so it's a I don't 
I guess the point I'm trying to make in this wandering conversation of mine is I don't mind giving him a chance and running him out there. It's not like you're running some 20-year-old kid like um, like Derek Hill out there or something like that. He's older. so uh, and, he, and he's a good all-around player. The guy can hit, he can catch the ball. He's good. And I think the thing that people are forgetting about is at the very most, what are we looking at? I mean, right, presume, right. presuming Maven comes back on time, 30, 40 at-bats maybe. Um, right. I don't remember who posted that. It might have been Lynn. Um, said something effective. We gave Ezekiel Carrera 60 at-bats two years right. ago and survived. Yeah. We can probably survive Winton getting, you know, 10 or 15 games before Maven gets you back. Don't, you don't need to go get somebody expensive. That's a, I mean, you're not getting Austin Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's... He hint, uh, Osmus himself hinted at possibly bringing in someone from outside of camp. Naturally, Tiger Twitter instantly um, went to Ajax. Right. I don't. I I agree. I don't. I don't. It seems like you know. Presuming uh, Maben comes back in his four to six, what are we talking about? Uh, a couple games like it. It's it's right. overkill in my opinion to go out and get somebody pricey. You least. got goes there. He's gonna hold it down. You're gonna you're gonna have Winton as a defensive replacement, or maybe get a, a couple of starts. Now, if he has his X-ray or whatever after two weeks, and uh, something shows up, you know, if there's a development, all bets are off. But you're gonna bridge this gap. It's like two weeks or whatever. Don't worry about it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's go back to some past news. Um, over the last week, the toast to camp has been Matt Boyd and his improved slider. Um, Brad Osmus himself called out Boyd as saying it, its slider is the most improved pitch in camp. This is a quote. It's a pitch he didn't have last year, which is actually not true. He did throw sliders last year. Um, the way it looks right now, it has a chance to be a very good uh, put-away pitch. It's tighter, sharper, and he, has been be and he has better control of it. He hasn't reinvented the wheel or anything, but it's a new pitch for him. And then Boyd said that, that it became too similar to his curveball last year. Tighter and sharper, those are, those are words I like to hear. Mm, yeah, aren't they, though? Mm-hmm. It sounds delicious. Um, so I, I tend to um, when I when I hear slider, I, I tend to think um, bullpen like does. Mm. Do you think that this makes him a more viable bullpen piece? Because, you know, if he's throwing if you know, he was sitting 93 on I think he started on Tuesday, mm -hmm. you know, that plays up 94, 95 in shorter bursts with a slider from the left side. I mean, that could be could be really interesting. Yeah, he's got a better chance to make the team out of the bullpen. I mean, because I, by my count, I have him uh, third in the sixth starter kind of position. Um, if you pencil Norris in, I would have Green and depending on what they do with Fulmer, but definitely Fulmer ahead of him, mm -hmm. yeah, we, probably. We and it's probably ahead of Buck Farmer. Yeah. So uh, he's in that quad A starter kind of category, but... If you say, like you say, he's got the the slider, um, you know, so we had kind of left two bullpen spots blank. If you pencil Verhagen in one of those spots, maybe Boyd goes in the other. I don't know. What do you think? I, I certainly can see that. I think I think right now Parnell's probably the, the favorite just because we don't have, like, if we don't keep him, we got to get rid of him. Oh, yeah. I forget about him. But I actually I actually saw him and he, he looked good. He looked like he kept the the hitters off balance. Like what, kind, know, of, what kind of velocity he's got? He, they didn't have a gun going. But I would have I mean, just from the, the naked eye, I would say 93, 94. Like it wasn't right. the high heat that he used to 
to feature. Right. But you know, that's also just can he can he pitch in that range? I mean, can he pitch in that range and get guys out? To be honest, I have no idea. He, I mean, he looked he looked good. Like he he looked like he had the hitters off balance. He threw an inning and a third, I think, pretty quick. You know, so yeah. um, I'm skeptical. I'm I'm, I'm mush mouthing. I mean, he's clearly clearly not you know pelfrey level, obviously, but I'll give him a chance. Um, so his first start in the spring was kind of meh. Um, one earned on three hits over two. Um, he okay. a 93 mile an hour. This is going back to, to Boyd. Um, oh, yes. And Cervelli hit a. I'm, I haven't seen it, but I'm given to know that it was an absolute missile off him, a 93 mile an hour fastball. Um, in that same game, Fulmer uh, went two innings, gave up zero runs, two hits, a yeah. walk, and, and two Ks. Fulmer looked good. Yeah. I like, I like some Fulmer. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on. Rich Doobie um, is the new pitching coach, and he was talking about uh, an article with Chris McCoskey of the Detroit News um, how much he wants the staff to start pitching inside, which I think is a really interesting philosophy because they're just there's a lot of, of pitching coaches and managers that when they come in, they say that, but there are very few that that actually implement it. Do you think that this is lip service like so many of the other ones? Is this something we're going to start gonna start seeing? I think it's mostly it's a nice reminder to your pitchers. I don't think it's going to be like a dramatic change in philosophy. Do you? I mean, yeah, you want to remind your guys you got to use that part, maybe talk about it a little bit, but it's not going to be like we're going to get to opening day and oh man, they're really busting those guys inside a ton. I kind of would. What do like you think? This. I'd like to see it. I don't. I don't know if we will. Yeah. He, he gave an example about Jamie Moyer who who sat eighty six, eighty seven, right. and you know he was able to win. I forget two hundred. That seems high. I don't know, 150 games, um, you know, because he lived on the inside point. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for guys like Verlander, Zimmerman, K-Rod, some of these guys who are yeah. established. They're not changing how they pitch. But, you know, if if Verhagen and, and Rondo and some of these guys that are still kind of learning their trade right. can, can, you know, instill that in them, I think that could have some some interesting ramifications. I think that's a really good description uh, distinction because the older guys, they have a game plan in their head already, mm-hmm. and it's going to take – something significant with their physical body or something to, to change their mentality or whatever, the older guys, but the younger guys, maybe if you season some of that conversation with, with that, that thinking, yeah, maybe you see a little more of it. So I think there also could be some unintended consequences, maybe more hit by pitches and more hashtag tiger fight exclamation points. I'm, I'm all for that. I love fighting. <laughs> All I right. want it to be a hockey game out there. <laughs> All right. So I wrote down some observations. Um, I was at Tigers practice on Saturday um, and then the, the game on, on Wednesday that Harbaugh was at. First of all, um, K-Rod, he, everywhere I saw him go, he almost had, he had like his hand on net, one hand on Nesbitt's shoulder and one hand on Rondon's shoulder, almost like <laughs> literally directing them where to go. Um <laughs> I don't know because I mean I I took a, a some lo- some levels of Spanish, but I, I'm not by any stretch fluent, um, so I don't know what they were talking about it. But it screamed veteran showing two young guys what to do. Fingers crossed that that's what's happening. Do you think that he's absolutely brand new to the organization makes a difference? I don't know. He's he seems to have a little bit of of a presence to him where it doesn't okay. doesn't super matter. I mean I yeah that's you know, maybe true. I, I can't really tell from the outside but that's definitely what it what it hit me as well in the days in modern sports team distinctions matter less i mean you look after a a football game or a basketball game and these guys are like 
hugging and chatting like they're, you know, long lost friends or whatever. There's not a lot of enmity among true, these guys. And so if they've watched him growing almost growing up, I don't know how old K Rod is, but um, if they've respected him, it doesn't take much. A guy comes over to a new team, I don't think, yeah. to, to have that leadership role. So while we're talking about Nesbit, um, humble yeah. brag, but to to make a to tell a story. So Nesbit followed me on Twitter the other night, mm -hmm. immediately tweeted me, "Dimelo," which roughly translates to "Tell me." Yes. And I'm like, I don't, dude, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I mean, I I couldn't translate whatever I wanted to tell you to Spanish, but I don't know what we're talking about here, there, here, bud. So. Um, Do you have a clue now? I have no idea. No, there's just be like Los Chimichangas son muy grandes or just whatever. You know, you start with mochila. That's the first thing you learn in intro Spanish, like mi mochila es azul or something like that. And just see that's where it goes. I should. Yeah, I just I just you know, favorite just, it. That's that's what I do when I'm uncomfortable. Oh, I just favorite yeah. stuff. <laughs> Favorites like the I see ya. It's kind of like a Rod Allen. I see ya, <laughs> and that's it. Like I I, I acknowledge. You you've you, your tweet that's all it is yeah and if i do that to any of your tweets out there listeners it's very different in that case it's me liking it wholeheartedly. you li you're a liar <laughs> I all the time. um so i got a chance to watch the entirety <laughs> of it was miggy jd and um kinsler in a in a batting mm. practice group needless to say i'm more or less focused on two of those three um and <laughs> watching miggy's batting practice i wrote in my notes was hashtag fun um he it's like i know it's cliche to say that you know the sound the ball just sounds different off as bad it just jumps but it like you watch it over and over again and every single time it just has another level to it it's yep. like it really is amazing he's physically bigger his mechanics are so clean he f looks if you just watching him at the play he just looks like a loaded spring like ready to unleash and uh, he, um, I saw, what was it? Ken Rosenthal had like this oral history of mm -hmm. Miguel Cabrera kind of. And uh, somewhere in there, somebody said, it, it's hard to believe that somebody at his level is perhaps underrated. But could he be underrated? I, I think so. Especially in the last couple of years, I think with, with the whole war revolution. Right. You see Trout, you see Harper, you see the East Coast guys, Pop, Big Poppy, and all the attention. And, you know, we're still in the Midwest. It's still Detroit. And here you go. He just continues to mash. And, you know, when um, Jake Jason Stark does um, the trivia on Mike and Mike in the morning or something like that, inevitably, Miguel Cabrera is like one of the answers. <laughs> and inevitably, he's kind of forgotten. Uh, he's... He may be underrated. I think he is. I um I watched JD. Have you you've been to Tigers practice, right? There's the one field that kind of backs up to like their clubhouse kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. JD put three balls over the clubhouse. It was like absolute moonshots. Good grief! And actually, my wife Whitney caught well off the off the hop caught a JD home run ball that was out to wow. where we were in right. So that was a an oppo bomb. Did she sleep with it under her pillow? She she did not. She immediately gave it to me, like here, <laughs> whatever. She has no cares were given. No, no, she's she's a she's a big Tigers fan, but oh, okay. I think she. Um, so I watched Buck Farmer throw live batting practice to uh, Sheerholtz was in that group. Several other okay. the non roster invitees. I watched him shake off his catcher 
It's like, Buck, this is live BP. Just throw whatever the... You're not trying to get the guys out. You're just trying to work on your stuff. Oh, Buck. Um, Taking serious. Ew, extremely serious. Um, oh, so we want. I want to talk about um, about Jacoby Jones. Um, if any of you out there follow me on Twitter, you know that I am already well uh, smitten. Is, is that a is that a word we could use in this situation? You've been smited. Oh yes. yeah. He. Okay. So, the, you know, I'm a guy, and mm, he is mm. also a guy. Good, he good. looks like a baseball player. Like it's kind of the, you know the Darren McFadden, Des Bryant. Like they look good in pads. Like, I hear the lost in your voice. You have man lost for Jacoby oh, Jones. So, so bad. Like I, I tweeted out that I know he's not a full fledged tiger, but Jacoby Jones might just be my tiger at this point. Isn't it weird having real prospects? Yeah, not is. not pretend prospects that we have to think are prospects, but real prospects. It's nice. He's like he's like ten or eleven in our organization. He's incredible. Well, he could be incredible. That's what happens when you sell. When you sell, you occasionally get some guys. Yeah. yeah so far, so, so far, Dombrowski gave us a nice little parting gift. I have to tell you, I have to get on your case, though, because you did not capitalize the C in Jacoby oh for gosh. being such a fanboy. My you apologies, think you'd have, Jacoby. Uh, you need to, you know, do a big apology. Yeah, Seriously, gonna, it's capital C. I'm going to tweet him with many heart emojis and say, please forgive me, sir. I'm sure he'll he'll appreciate that. I don't know. He, he's he seems like a very um confident player, shall we say. That's just the You like, the, you like that in a guy? I, that's, apparently I do. That's um good. so two homers in the first three games. The, well, the first one was in the I believe in the Florida Southern game. So I don't know if that sure. super counts. But the one that, right. the one that I saw him uh hit in in Brainton was Oppo. In his first at bat, he goes fastball down the plate takes it fastball down the plate takes it and then flails wildly at a breaking bitch in in the dirt next at bat he fights himself into a, i think a 3-1 count got his pitch hammered it out to right i was like yes tell go. me about tell me about his suspension and what's going on with that okay so i believe he has 38 games left on it because he missed the last 12 of the arizona fall league which doesn't at all feel like it should count but we'll take it that's neat yeah um uh, I believe it's for a second failed recreation, uh, second failed drug test, which I'm given to know is a recreational drug. I'm, I'm assuming weed. Like, yeah, it's a drug. I think it was, I saw a drug of abuse or something like that. Was how they labeled it. So not a absurd, PED. Let's be honest. So, uh, so he got busted a second time for smoking weed or something like that. I'm not saying that's what happened, but something of that nature. Be. And if that's right. the case, like, eh, whatever. Like, I, I'm not. It could be worse. Super concerned about that. Right. You're willing to overlook that, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> At least from my, from my position here. Absolutely. So I wrote this down. Um, obviously, he's not breaking camp with us. But what does it take to get him into Detroit at some point well, this year? I mean, it's going to – do you know how many outfielders are ahead of him, though? Several. But he also has played so short and third. Has he really? He has. He's actually – I've only seen him – well, I've, I've only seen on the box oh. scores that he's played played infield. Am I just confused? I mean, is is he an infielder? Yeah, he I mean, he's primarily oh. an infielder, but he played. I take that back. He played left field for an inning the game that that I was at. Okay, okay. See, I just had in my brain he was an outfielder. So it shows you what I how much respect I. I know he's a capital C, but I don't know what freaking position he plays. Smart, Eric. So I th I think that gives him a lot of flexibility. Like if if yeah. you know not to if for heaven forbid you know Justin Upton had to hit the DL, I think he could you know play most days and left you know that kind of deal. You have in front of him, though, 
I mean, Mayberry, Sheerholtz, uh, Bernard, Collins, Moya would probably be ahead of him. The he, Mo- Moya Twitter is on fire right now. It drives me nuts, but I, I'm not. I'm not down on. I'm not. I'm not into Moya. I'm not hyping Moya. It's kind of like the old adage when it comes to Moya. You can't steal first. You can't get at home. You can't hit a home run if you don't hit the ball. Exactly. I mean, anyway, that's enough Moya. Yeah. I, th- I think if Castellanos got hurt, I think he would get a serious look. Yeah, which, maybe. Right. Which, um, you know, hopefully. See, like the new Jeffrey Marte, the new younger Jeffrey Marte. Sure. <laughs> hopefully. Maybe not. I was not a, a super big Jeffrey fan. And obviously, I, you know, have. I heard well, Jacoby, this, so. Yeah, and he's a real he's like a real prospect. Yeah. Um so I was But he needs he needs another year in the minors. That's he, just my m- final. Most thought. likely, yeah. He yeah, at least he should. He's um, not coming. No. Mike Gerber. I I was relatively unfamiliar with him until I watched batting practice and oh, now Gerbs. oh my goodness, he absolutely smashed everything. The wind was like blowing out to right, but he was peppering the boardwalk that was behind like the bullpen in right. Yeah. He just was hitting missile after missile. So I obviously live in West Michigan. He played all year in, or played last year in West Michigan. And there's a little cult around Gerbs. Is there? Okay. Oh, P- Gerbs. I mean, Gerbs was a stud last is there year. A, is there like a nickname that we could we could make this a thing? A- Gerbs. Gerbs. Okay. I think they just call him Gerbs. Yeah. Fair. Enough. I like that. I can, I can live yeah. There. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny because. You had penciled another guy to talk about, and that's Derek Hill. But he and Derek Hill are kind of a study in contrasts. <laughs> they really are. I mean, Gerber was a 15th round guy out of Creighton. He's 23 years old and very, very well rounded. Uh, you know, a little more polished player. He hit the snot out of the ball last year. Um, where Derek Hill is like more toolsy and super young and he was, he's been hurt a lot, but had all this like big time hype and, and, and stuff and really hasn't gotten a chance to play yet. Cause he's been hurt. But, um, Gerber, Gerber can make a splash just cause he's a good all around ball player. I mean, he's a little older, but forgive my, my, um, lack of knowledge on subject. We, did we draft him? Curbs, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yep. So let's move on to Derek Hill. Um, I saw him play. He uh, he was number thirty nine, as was um, Cam Gibson, Gibson's son, mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. playing in right and center field together, which was you know extremely confusing for the for the elderly that were keeping score at the spring training games. But he has the yeah. tools to be an incredible defensive center fielder. He can fly. He can, but I, I'm I'm not big on Derek Hill. No. I hate to I hate to be a buzzkill because I mean he's a two tool player. I feel like All right. I, I have I've seen him some, not a ton, and I'm not a prospect guy, but he can obviously run, and he's going to be able to go catch the ball for you. There's your two tools. Now he needs to add at least one more tool to to be a major leaguer, and this I feel like we should have bigger expectations of him because he was a he was picked 23rd overall. Mm. Um, but he's got to hit for some average. He's really, he's got to get on base. If he can do those things and throw average ish, he's going to be a Scott Pesednik, Michael Bourne, maybe not quite Juan Pierre, but in that caliber of guy, Mm -hmm. 
I think he has a chance to do that, but he's got to add that third tool and he's got to stay healthy. Yeah. I think you could make a case that Austin Jackson struggled with that third tool. I mean, he obviously could, could get it. And you know, he was fairly, he was quick on the base pass. I wouldn't say he was a great base dealer. You know, the, no, he was an awful base dealer. And in April, you know, the hit tool was off the charts, but it was after April. He was, you know, whatever. I, anyway, it was cool. But Uh, is that, is that, is that, um, too little to get out of a, a fir- out of a first round pick, a twenty three overall. I don't know because center like, center field is changing. It's kind of like shortstop and catcher. There's a lot more center fielders that are. I mean, you got Peter Borges. I don't know why it's the first name that pops in my mind. Yeah. But guys like that, who their primary job is to go catch it, go catch it. Um, yeah. You know, and especially at Comerica. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you know if he could if he could hit two fifty and play incredible defense in center, you know maybe we have a maybe we have a spot for him. I don't know if you can have. Iglesias, if he, if his bat doesn't progress, and you know, yeah, you know, honestly, if your draftees are contributing big leaguers, regardless of where they're drafted in the in baseball, that's good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this isn't this isn't the NBA where you need your first rounder to you know or whatever sport. I mean, you you're picking fifty guys or whatever, and you hope to get a few big leaguers. Yeah. So you ready for my Simo story? Yeah. So I don't know if, if you, the listeners out there saw it, but I tweeted out a picture with, with Craig Monroe from Fox Sports Detroit and, and Detroit Tigers fame. Um, so in about the, the sixth inning of the game on Wednesday, we left our seat because it was just stifling. We went to hang out on the boardwalk behind the, the Pirates bullpen. I'm shedding I, tears for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure everyone else is too. Um, I, I see Simo and he's just kind of hanging with a couple of his boys. And I asked my wife, is, is that, is that Craig Monroe? And she's like, I have no idea who that is. Um, so I go back and forth. Like I'm, I'm not a, a super pushy or a forward guy. I'm like, should I bother him with a picture? He's just like hang, you know, being one of the guys hanging out, watching the game. So finally I get up the nerve and I go over and ask him, you know, Hey, can I get a picture? And he like looks around, kind of tries to determine whether he can keep his cover and was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So in the process of handing Whitney my phone, like to take the picture, I must have like closed out of the the phone, like the right. picture app. Right. So she has to like fish through like to mm-hmm. find it, and instantly, like when he sees that she's not ready, he like turns back into Craig Monroe watching the game. Like we're yeah. not, <laughs> I'm not there. And then she's like, okay, I got to back up. He like leans back in. We do the picture real quick, um, and you know it it didn't turn out super great, but. You know, the, the wind was blowing. All of a sudden, I have a crap ton of hair. Like, I don't know where that came from. Um, so, but he was really cool about it. Like, you know, he was really friendly. He, but you could yeah. tell he was in super incognito mode. Which he I'm was, like, you're, yeah. you're, this isn't even like Joker March. I think you're going to be okay, Simo. Like, but you're underestimating the vast celebrity of Craig Monroe. And that's true. There were a ton of Tigers slash Michigan fans. Like, it, that is a good point. I mean, he's on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does the show. If it was even like Marcus Thames or some other, you know, moderately significant Tiger, but wasn't on TV all that's, the time, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they, he wouldn't be noticed. But Craig probably would be. Yeah. I'd guess. Yeah, I wouldn't have asked for Mark. Mar- I wouldn't ask Marcus Thames for a picture. He took playing time for my boy Rayburn. Man. You have your priorities messed up. <laughs> and Marty Smith of ESPN was there, uh, like, too, to cover Harbaugh. He was in oh, the yeah. same group as as Simo. And I didn't get a picture with him because I don't like NASCAR. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> there, there are people. I'm sorry. If you like NASCAR, you know, uh, I appreciate you. 
and your cousin wife. I appreciate her too. I mean, it's Shots fine. Fired. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I have respect for NASCAR people, especially when they're paying attention to me and what I'm saying. Otherwise, I don't. No, NASCAR people are great. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm done. Are you ready to get... (laughs) I'm done. Are you ready to get into your power rankings? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Power rankings. Are you ready? Oh, couldn't be more let me, ready. Let me, I, I actually have some notes here today for power rankings. I just got to, I got to find them, obviously. Where did I put my, okay. Power rankings. And I'm going to give you a couple choices. I'm going to give you choices. Um, your choices for power rankings this week are. Um, again, models of minivans, which is hanging out out there. This is going to be the one that maybe never gets chosen. We'll see. Or I have donuts. Oh, donuts. So do you want minivans or do you want donuts? I don't know if I'm just hungry, but I think I could go for, for donuts this week. Okay. Donuts. Here we go. First of all, with donuts, I don't want any BS argumentation, argumentation about what is or is not a donut. Okay. <laughs> a donut does not need to have a hole in it to be classified oh, as a Absolutely. That's yeah. For you're sure. going to go into your local donut shop and you're going to see the display case and whatever they have in there is going to be for our purposes, a donut. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? We have that that ground rule established. Okay. Of course. So we got the top seven and the bottom three, starting with number seven, the chocolate glazed cake style donut. Okay. The number seven, it's, it's very decadent for, for the chocolate. You want the cake donut, right? You want, you want that richness, not quite fudginess, but you want the cake like consistently consistency on your chocolate glazed. Number six, this is the connoisseur's choice, the plain glazed, the plain glazed. This is the pure form of the donut. You know, people, real connoisseurs like, you know, their black coffee or vanilla ice cream, they want to, they want to taste the essence. And when you, when you're eating a donut, the fancy people want plain glazed. Now for a plain glazed, I want a yeasty style donut. I want the Krispy Kreme, kind of fluffy. You understand? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know that I agree, but I understand. Plain glazed is number six. Number five, apple cider donut. And for this one, you want the big, chunky, granular sugar on the outside of your apple cider donut. You want to feel like you're at an orchard. You know, you're going to get these at your or- at an orchard. You know, you want to feel like you're 
outside, but not really outside because you're at an orchard, which is like a parking lot of trees. It's not nature. And you're doing labor that otherwise, you know, some fruit pickers would, would do, but you're pretending like it's an outing with your, with your family. Those are the things you want to be reminded of when you eat an apple cider donut. Yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not big into fall fruit in dessert. Oh, this is, this is going to get worse for you then. <laughs> All right. Moving on up. Number four. This is the sour cream glazed, also sometimes referred to as the old-fashioned donut. The oh, distinguishing classy. characteristic of this donut is the giant crack that runs around the middle of the, of the donut. And here you're going to say yes to the crack because this is where the glaze like pools and stiffens. And you, and you want to pull it apart and you eat it like in chunks like that. It's got the, sa- the sour cream glazed. It's so good. I like those. Those are number four. Mm. Okay. Number three, the maple fried cinnamon. Maple fried cinnamon. Now, I have to ask you, are you familiar with the maple fried cinnamon? I think so. Yeah. Okay. We eat a fair amount of donuts. Right. So I looked this up online one time, and I don't know if it's just like a regional thing, but... A, a maple fried cinnamon is not like a cinnamon roll. It's more like a donut, but it's 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 flat. It's got a vein of cinnamon, and then it's got maple like frosting on it. Mm-hmm. It's it's terrific. They're big, you know, so that's good. You want a big donut no, because like, obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's bigger the better. Okay, that's number three. Number two might frighten you and that is the apple fritter oh no apple fritter yes apple fritter and you got to make sure it's apple you don't want any like stray fruits in your fritter you don't want a cherry fruit in your in your fritter no with a fritter it's okay it's as long as it's apple and like apple pieces it's kind of got a little bit of that gooeyness it's really good and you got the 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 glaze there there are some bad apple fritters but if you get a good one it's really good so that's number two. All right, here we number go. One, number one, the king of donuts. Are you? Do you want to guess? I'm gonna go Oops. with um, like a cake donut with peanut butter in the middle. No, what? No, <laughs> heck, no, no. You're way off. The king of donuts is the chocolate frosted Bavarian cream filled Long John. Yes, I want you to forget about Van Wilder. Don't even think about that. This is the king of donut technology. <laughs> they are injecting this with Bavarian cream. You really want the cream that's made in Bavaria by the real Bavarians. Mm. Settle for nothing less. So you're saying that the pioneer in donut technology is German? I don't know. That's where the cream comes from. Yeah. See, it seems know. fair to me. Yeah. And they're, they're big, which is delicious. And you do not want the fluffy cream. That sugary nonsense. Save it. No, absolutely not. You want the cr- the creaminess. And it's just like the little crispiness of the outside, the chocolate, and then the delicious creamy inside. That is the king of donuts. If you got the box, you're going into work, and you have your choice, that's the one you're taking. All right. Now, you show up to work a little late, and the donuts are picked over, and here's what's left. All right. These are the worst three. The third from the worst is the cinnamon twist. Mm. I don't know what it is, but you get like these crusty ends and the middle is kind of too skinny. Nobody wants the cinnamon twist. They look boring. I don't know. I'm not buying the cinnamon twist. 
The number two worst is the unglazed plain cake donut. For sure. This is the super boring, you like, know. What is the point of you? Yeah, it's the elevator music of donuts. It's just there to occupy a spot in the box. Like the donut shop just puts them in there to get rid of them. We got these laying around. Might as well. Yeah. Nobody else wants these. All right. Unglazed cake donuts are the worst. No, they're the second to worst. Ready for the number one worst donut. I just buckled my (laughs) seatbelt. This is the lemon filled powdered jelly donut. What a load of garbage this is. First of all, you're not even a real fruit. You're like lemon cream, and you're jammed into this, like, what is it? Then it's got the powder. It looks like you've just snorted a kilo of blow when you're when you're eating this thing, like Scarface hit the donut shop or whatever. And it's it's tart. It doesn't go together at all. You're you're wiping powder from your face. It's the worst donut. I don't like jelly donuts, and then the powder is even worse. That's the worst donut. Yeah, anything with powder, because I I, uh, I have problems with like having stuff on my hands. Like I really like clean hands, and you cannot eat one of those and maintain clean hands. Like I guess I could use a spoon, but that's obviously ridiculous. So you're I, gonna eat a donut with a spoon, Jordan? <laughs> if I had to, if I had wow. to. Where do you come down on sprinkles? Somebody. <laughs> sprinkles are sprinkles are fine. Yeah. They're kind of a kid thing. I agree. Yeah, for sure. You know, but if you like fruity pebbles, if you like cinnamon toast crunch, you're going to get a donut with sprinkles on it because they're just a fun kid thing. You you like Superman ice cream? Donuts with sprinkles are the Superman ice cream of donuts. That's deep. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think you all should too at home. All right. So you ready to get to the Tigers fight exclamation point bracket? I got killed last week. You did. The um the the final tally was ninety percent uh, Miguel Cabrera, um ten percent Blaine Hardy, um so there there was over like I think like one hundred twenty votes. So there was not a small amount of people voted for for Miguel Cabrera. My arguments were bad, or Blaine Hardy just wasn't a good choice. Sorry, Blaine. Yeah. Um. So M- Miggy will take on the winner of this week's matchup, with which is Justin Verlander against Nick Castellanos. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, we have a um, 32-man single uh, single elimination tournament that pits one Tiger against the other. Um, and each week, we each take one of the players and make the case as to why they would win a, a street fight. Um, and then if you want, you can vote uh, at podcastianos.com backslash fight. Or we have Twitter polls on our various accounts throughout the week. All yep. right. Um, I have Castellanos uh, this week. Do you want me to go first or you want to take yes. it? Yes. No, okay. go first. Um, so much like what we discussed with, with Nikki last week, um, he's more mature now. I think he's got a more refined approach to, to the match. Um, this is what he said. He's experienced so much more, more now. Um, he owns his own house. He has a family. He uh, He's a dad. He's married. And all that stuff changes you, end quote, as a fighter. So, obviously, um, he's he's more of a fighter now than he used to be. Um, I think he's ready for his breakthrough. You know, JV's kind of the old man of the group. Um, and I think that he wants to, to fight to be the new face, face of the Tigers. Um, and, obviously, um, Nick... Nick can grow a lot of facial hair very quickly, which mm, I'm yeah. assuming is a good indication of, of fighting prowess. Probably. I mean, Avila, Avila was more of a lover than a fighter, That's I feel, true. though. Yeah. Well, but I tell you what, your arguments 
are are making my argument for me because oh as you mature and get older don't you become like more protective and reserved yeah. i feel like i feel like myself 10 or 15 years ago would have been a better fighter because i would have cared less Anyway, let me tell tell you about Justin Verlander, the pugilist from Goochland. All right, he's got arm span. He's gonna be able to land that first punch. He's got he's got the big right arm, obviously. Um, he's got this like inner uh, competitiveness, this fight inside him. He doesn't like to lose. All right, so he's gonna work. He's gonna take this very seriously. He's got a lot of pride, a lot of pride, a lot of ego on JV. He's not going to want to lose. He's going to want to not lose more than he would want to win. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and he also has an impenetrable padding of arm hair. So, I mean, that's going to insulate his body from body blows. Just like the body hair is going to you know, deflect, you know, I think JV in a runaway. This isn't even a question. I actually, I mean, I don't want to tell people to vote for your guy, but I, I tend to agree. Plus, Mickey against Verlander. That would that would be a fight. Oh, wow. Yes. I'd, I'd like to see that. Okay, so before we get out of here, um, I did take questions from Twitter, and there's one that we didn't get to, um, like a lot, pretty much all the other ones we touched on. Um, but at Ben Lipinski asked us, uh, do you think Moya has a chance of making the 25-man roster for opening day? I'll just let you take it real quick. No. I agree. Okay. <laughs> there you go, Ben. Okay, so before before we get out of here also, I want to give a big shout-out to my main man, Blaine Hardy. Um, he, uh, I actually got him to record the little ditty, you know, hi, I'm Blaine Hardy, et cetera, for, for the show, which hopefully, if, if everything went well in editing, you will hear. <laughs> you have already heard at this point. Um, super nice guy. He was really cool. Um, took a picture with me and was willing to do that for us. So thank you very much, Blaine. Um, I appreciate it. And you should all go follow, follow Blaine on, on Twitter. He is at Blaine Hardy 65. I'm, I'm sure he's a good follow. He doesn't, he doesn't tweet very much. So it's kind of, no. I'm not exactly sure how, I mean, I've followed him for a while, but no, no tweets immediately stick in my mind. Dude, just oversell it. Like Blaine is the world's greatest Twitterer. Just, just lie. Blaine is awesome. He tweets ponies jumping through flaming hoops. He's awesome. Just follow Blaine. It's Except for Verley would would tweet us both very angry with us saying that Blaine was better than him. No, nobody's better than Verley. Verley's great. He, there was a, a stretch. I wanted to take a screenshot and send it to you. There was like I couldn't fit them all. There was like six tweets in a row from him that were all just like roll on, you know roll on the floor laughing. Is that the old acronym? Yeah. First person over the age of 50 and ever use that. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. If you want to get in touch with the show, uh, I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Comerica Eric. And the show is at Podcastianos. Podcastianos.com is the website. And once again, we would love it if you would subscribe, uh, rate, review, and download us on iTunes. And hopefully we can beat number 15 on the chart for next week. I'm not sure how long we get to stay on the chart. So we'll be, you know, loving life while we. While we are, um, do you have anything to say to the people before we take off for the week? Yes, feed our fragile egos, support, review, and vote because we crave affirmation. I also saw that you you suggested somebody sends a, send us money. Oh yeah we, yeah, we certainly accept money, and I mean we're not going to sell out like unless give people give us you know more than like twenty bucks or something. Yeah, that's, but that seems fair. Twenty dollars is our sellout cutoff. Yeah, I mean we we can be. We, we, we won't sell it to the man. 
unless the man has money or free t-shirts i'm a sucker for a shirt <laughs> right <laughs> all right with that being said we will catch you guys next week and eat them up tigers eat them up goodbye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 